Good morning and welcome to the Barnes Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being a part of it. You can get involved uh, by calling 800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND. You can also email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, and I can respond today uh, by taking your calls or reading your emails as the meeting is happening. And good morning, everybody here. Thank you guys for coming. I, I do appreciate it. Um, I want to pick up where we left off last week uh, in Deuteronomy 28, when we were talking about the curses. And um, I'm going I'm to give you an example of how these things are really happening right now. And I don't think most people recognize what's really going on. Um, but first, what I'd like to do is I'm going to have someone read Deuteronomy for me. Let's see, where, I, where do I want to start? Uh, let's see here. Deuteronomy 28, uh, 15 through... I was read, reading over this again last night, and I'm thinking, wow, I do the whole thing about the curses because they're all alive and well right now. Uh, Larice, I want you to read loud for me. Start with uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, all the way through to 46. But I want you to read it from my Bible, if you don't mind. I have a, uh, uh, the New Jerusalem Bible, and it's really excellent the way that they uh, point it out. Start up there, 15. Um, and read loud so that we can hear you. But if you do not obey the voice of Yahweh your God and do not keep and observe all commandments and laws which I am laying down for you today, then all these curses will befall and overtake you. You will be accursed in the town and accursed in the countryside. Accursed your basket and your kneading trough. Accursed the offspring of your body, the yield of your soil, the young of your cattle, and the increase of your flock. You will be accursed in coming home and accursed in going out. Yahweh will send a curse on you, a spell, an implication of your labors until you have been destroyed and quickly perish because, you, because of your perverse behavior for having deserted me. Yahweh will fasten the plague on you until it, until it has exterminated you from the country which you are about to enter and make your own. Yahweh will strike you down with consumption, fever, inflammation, burning fever, drought, wind blast, mildew, and these will pursue you to your ruin. The heavens above you will be brass, the earth beneath you iron, your country's reign, I'm sorry, your country's reign, Yahweh will turn into dust and sand. It will fall on you from the heavens until you perish. Yahweh will have you defeated by your enemies. You will advance on them from one direction and flee from them in seven. And you will be a terrifying object lesson to all the kingdoms of the world. Your caucus will be carrion for all wild birds and all wild animals with no one to scare them away. Yahweh will strike you down with Egyptian ulcers, with swellings in the groin, with scurvy and the itch, for which you will find no cure. Yahweh will strike you down with madness, blindness, distraction of mind until you grope your way at noon like a blind man groping in dark, and your steps will lead you nowhere. You will never be anything but exploited and plundered, with no one to save you. Get engaged to a woman, another man will have her. Build a house, you will not live in it. Plant a vineyard, you will not gather its first fruits. Your ox will be slaughtered before your eyes, and you will eat of none of it. Your donkey will be carried off in front of you and not be returned to you. 
Your sheep will be given to your enemies, and no one will come to your help. Your sons and daughters will be handed over to another people, and every day you will wear your eyes uh, out watching for them while your hands are powerless. A nation hitherto unto you will eat the yield of your spoil and all of your hard work. You will neither be anything but exploited and crushed. You will be driven mad by the sights you will see. Yahweh will strike you down with foul ulcers on knees and legs for which you will find no cure. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, Yahweh will send away both you and the king whom you have appointed to rule your nation, unknown either to you or to your ancestors. And there you will serve other gods made of wood and stone. And you will be the astonishment, the byword, the laughing stop of all peoples where Yahweh is taking you. I'm sorry, how far did you want me to read? On the next page, I think it is 45. 45. Will you turn over? You will cast the, you will cast seed in plenty of the fields, but the harvest but harvest little, since the locusts will devour it. You will plant till your vineyards. I'm sorry. You will plant and till your vineyards, but not drink the wine or gather the grapes, since the grub will eat them up. You will grow olive trees throughout your territory, but not anoint yourself with oil, since the olive trees will be cut down. You will father sons and daughters, but they will not belong to you since they will go into captivity. All your trees and the whole yield of your soil will be the prey of insects. The foreigners living with you will rise higher and higher at your expense, while you yourself sink lower and lower. You will be subject to them, not they to you. They will be the ones at the head and you will be at the tail. All these curses will befall you, pursue you, and overtake you until you have been destroyed for not having obeyed the voice of Yahweh your God by keeping his commandments and laws which he has laid down before you. They will be a sign and a wonder over you and your descendants forever. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't that make you afraid to sin now? <laughs> That is absolutely amazing. And what's even more amazing about this is that this is actually happening right now. And I don't think people really recognize that this is what's going on because if they did, they would not offer more governmental programs or, or all this non-stuff that's gonna change your life. Do you, do you guys see this stuff happening already? Even in your own personal life? I see it happening all around me. Uh, last week I used the example of uh, Detroit, you know, and Detroit, when I heard what was really going on in Detroit, it really impacted my life more so than what happened in New Orleans with Hurricane Katrina, because that was more like a national, uh, a, a national disaster, natural. natural disaster. But in Detroit, it's, that thing is due to sin and turning away from God. Detroit City is a dry land right now. They said something like 30% of the people in that city is unemployed. 30%. And, you know, God talked about their kings. Where the one th and I use the blacks because it is so apparent what's going on with them, but this applies to all, of, all races, really, and it's starting to happen to other races. Uh, in Detroit, uh, they have elected kings to run their city. They call them leaders, but you know, those black representatives and civil rights leaders, they're kings. And look how they are corrupt, they take from the people, their, their mayor is going, went to jail and now they're city council person because these people have elected, instead of electing God so that he could guide them, they have elected their kings to guide them and it just corrupt the whole place. And everything that those people have tried to do and that city has failed. It has failed. It's not working. It's dry land. Their kids are cursed to them. I mean, just to the max. Uh, 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 the hatred and the anger 
the government said, we're going to give you some money, and thousands of people show up to get one little check that's going to last no longer they can walk out of the door. And that's not because of racism. It's because the people have turned away from God. And it's not like God is bringing these things up on you. You're bringing them up on yourself when you turn away from him. We've been taught that as children of God that you can sin and then just get up and go and repent because we're not perfect. No one is perfect. So you can just sin over and over and over again and get up and repent because we're not perfect. And what we don't realize is when we're doing this stuff, we're bringing all these curses up on us. Look at, look at, I mean, just look at even in your own families. You don't have to look at Detroit, but even in your own, oh, it said that uh, you would be exploited. Black people are exploited in a major way. Have you noticed that? Because they have turned away from God and they are exploited by everybody and their mama. Everybody exploit black people. When they want something, they say, well, let's use the black people for an example. It's a civil rights issue. So the, 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 uh, the homosexuals, the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, the, the blacks, everybody exploit black people. They are, they are being cursed. It has nothing to do with physical stuff that they have or don't have. It has everything to do with spiritual stuff. And when we sin, our children are going to suffer the consequences of that. You may think it's cute to go have sex out of wedlock and think nobody sees you doing it, but the, spirits, uh, the spiritual aspect of life see what's going on. You're breaking that spiritual law whether you know it or not, and those curses are being passed down to your children. He said different diseases and stuff will come up on you. Every disease that you can think of is prevalent in the black community. And a lot of people have the diseases, but they run rampant in the black community. And what do the kings and leaders say we need? More programs. We need, to, we need more, more programs to resolve this. It's not going to solve the problem. The, the, in Chicago, gang violence is uh, so bad now that even the old timers who were involved in gangs are now afraid of the young gang members. Because those guys are so angry and mean that they don't even respect the old timers, uh, old people who were involved in gangs. This stuff is happening to us in this country, and we're just running around here acting as though we don't see what's going on. It, it's like people just blind to it. That, that situation in Detroit was like a real wake-up call for me. Young people, young and old, men and women, can't work. Don't have jobs. Children, everybody and their mama having children out of wedlock. We, just have to, we have to, as men and women of God, we have to wake up because this is coming down upon us. Y yes, sir. That, that part in 43 is a verse 43 where it says the foreigners living with you will rise higher and higher your expense. Yes. You'll, wow. You'll be subject to them. I mean, that's obviously going on. And you see that happening? Give well, it an example of that happening. Well, it's especially happening in the black community where yep. the, the uh, illegals have come in and replaced the workers, the black workers. Yes. And because, I, I think because, for, for one thing, because the black, there's so much abortion in the black community, uh, they, don't have, they don't have the people, and, and therefore, and the, and the family structure isn't tight. These people come up, but their family structure is tighter. They're going to win every time. Yeah. The, uh, it's not just the illegals who have done that. The, the Jews came in. They set up shop in the black community first in the inner cities. They made a lot of money, and they left. Uh, you know, whites did it Korean. prior to that. The Koreans, the Japanese, and now the illegals. Everybody coming into the black community, they get established, and they move away. And what do black people say? Racism. They get mad at them. They don't see that the men are, are, are no good. They have turned away from God. The women are angry, and the kids are out of control. I was driving downtown Los Angeles yesterday, and I drove down through the uh, Korean community. And I haven't gone that route in a long time, and I was amazed at the number of businesses that they have down there. I mean, going, if, going out Olympic toward downtown, like big hotels, I mean, restaurants, and uh, just, uh, they have, it looked like Korean town. I thought I had left, L left California. I mean, left the United States. <laughs> I'm like, when did all this happen? Uh, I mean, it just, the whole, that area, when I first moved to Los Angeles, is predominantly white. 
and now it is look like 100% Korean, but it looked like a new state or something. Korea Yeah. But there is nowhere in this state that I'm aware of that there is a black community like that. Yeah. Where businesses are thriving and you know, folks are walking the street shopping and feeling safe and feeling good. That's not happening because we've been kept down by these curses. We've been turned away from God and the, and the preachers and no one else are really telling us what's going on. And these things are gonna get worse if we don't change. The government can't change it. White people can't change it. We gotta turn back to God. That's the only thing that's gonna change it. It's, uh, he's warning us here as to what's going on and people just don't talk about it. I saw some hands somewhere that I forgot. Oh, I saw Irma's back there. Yes, sir. You talking to me? Yes. Okay. I was, uh, after you were discussing, I was, oh, I was um, wondering, why is, we heard hear a lot of the so-called swine flu virus, but nobody still uh, had yet to talk about uh, that's uh, age, which is still a prevalent threat, particularly in, minor uh, particularly in minorities. Well, it all adds up to this. It's sin. If you sin, you should surely die. It's just a reality. And we got to be honest, as men and women of God, we got to be honest about this. Just think about your own children, how out of control they are as a result of your sins. You know, I have one son out of wedlock. It's just been hell. Things are starting to change now because I have changed. And I noticed that he is starting to change. He got married, and now he is making sure that his children are coming up in the right way. But we got to change so this spirit can be passed down to the next generation. Our children are not just that way because they had nothing else to do. When they have children out of wedlock, when they can't work, when they are angry at you, when they are, it's your sin that's been passed down to them. Whatever you are, especially with the fathers, whatever you are and what they will become. It's just a reality. And we're not going to get away from this. We've got to overcome this. We must be born again. And all of these things are happening in the black communities across the country. And the people don't, they act like they don't see what's going on. I don't hear any Christians pointing out what's really going on in the inner cities. They call it racism. It's not racism. The devil is deceiving you. Did I see your hand? Yes. Yeah. Um, I was going to say what happens to the black communities here is more like, you know, we're like a little microcosm of the macrocosm of Africa. Because Africa, yes. if you look at those nations, when they have, they have predominantly black and they do the same thing. They yeah. get the head and he takes the baggage and runs them all down. And so it's the same thing here. When they get a little power, they do the same thing. They yeah. not, and they, but they have the money here. They have the ability to do better. But it's still like, it's just the mindset, the, you know. It's a the reprobate mind. The, yeah, the depravity, the no, no godliness in, yeah. within the people that makes it that yeah. way. And then the same sin, because it is happening to the white community as well. It's not just with black folks. Right. They're, they're starting to... Uh, break up the families there. White kids are out of control. They, they have no respect for the elderly. They, they're having babies out of wedlock. They're doing the exact same thing. Because one thing I realize about sin, if you don't deal with it in your own life, it's not just going to stay with you. It spreads. It just, just like love. If you have perfect love, it'll spread. It'll bring life. But if you have anger in your heart, you have any, just a tap bit of anger is all that you need to destroy a nation. Just a little bit. So some people say, oh, well, I have a little anger, not much, and I'm okay. No, you're not. Because it's of the devil. It is evil. And you are not of God if you have a little bit of anger. Because your nature is that of the devil. And the sooner you realize it, the sooner you can overcome it, and then a new life starts. And that's when life comes again. But we got to wake up. Diseases, dry land, being exploited, it's all happening right now. And if the black community is not an example to the rest of us, what can happen when you turn away from God? I don't know what it's going to take to wake up. I'm just, I just don't know. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, you were talking uh, in the past about the black community being so religious in yeah. terms of thinking that they're so spiritual. That seemed to me the biggest problem when people think 
you know, it's like a denial mechanism. If you already think you're spiritual and you already got it, you don't need to be born again. You don't need anything else because you already got it. That's right. That's, I thought about that last night too. How do you convince someone that they're not spiritual? Because they know the Bible, they can quote the Bible until the cows come home. They can cuss you out with a scripture. <laughs> All in the name of Jesus, brother. I've had people call me on my, on my answering service mad at me, and they'll, they'll cuss me out. <laughs> Just literally cuss me out. And then at the end, I'm going to pray for you, though. <laughs> I'm a Christian, and I know I shouldn't be acting this way. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? But how do you convince people that they're not born again when they think that they are? They, they've gone down to the front of the church and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How do you convince them of that? Yes, ma'am. I don't know about convincing, but um, Galatians says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and long-suffering. And if you have, if you are born again, then you have love. You always have love. Yes. It's not today and gone tomorrow. That's right. You always have peace. You always have patience. It doesn't come and doesn't go. God doesn't come and go. That's right. And so if you look at your life and you're void of peace, you're void of patience, you're void of long-suffering, you're void of then that's when you need to take a check. That's right. But see, and you're absolutely right. The first sign of being born again is you get perfect peace. That's the first sign. Jesus said, I came to bring you peace. And you really do get perfect peace within. Perfect peace when you're born again. And the second sign is that you deal with the world in a different manner. It cannot harm you anymore. You're in it and not of it. And then as a result of that, all that, those things come. Long suffering, endurance, you, all those things are just, it become a natural way of living because you now have a new nature in Christ. And anybody who tells you that after you are born again of God, that you can sin is a liar and the truth is not in them. They are lying. They are absolutely lying to you. And so, and, and so many preachers are telling these people that. So when they don't have perfect peace and they don't have patience and they don't have this, they, they, they excuse it away by saying, well, I'm not perfect. I'll be perfect when I go to heaven. God doesn't say, wait until you get to heaven and I'll make you perfect. Or I will give you perfect peace. You can have it right here if you're born again. It's within us. But they've been lied to about they can have it later, so they walk out of the church, make babies out of wedlock, hate the white man, the men and women hating one another, and they say, oh, I'm not perfect. The devil has played a trick on the folks, an absolute trick. He said that he was going to deceive every man, woman, and child. And if you look in your own personal life, you will see that he's deceiving you. It doesn't have, you don't have to look at Detroit. It's anybody that's sinning, you're not, happy, you're not a happy person. And when I say sinning, I mean simple things, real things like resentment, like anger. I don't mean going out having sex with everybody and the mama or smoking dope or cussing out your neighbor. I mean that if you resent yourself or anyone else, you are a sinner. And you're of your father, the devil. And your consequences are going to be, are going to be negative. Life is tough. You're motivated by the world around you. You can't hold on to a job. You, you waste your money. Your kids are out of control. Can't find anybody to love. And nobody loves you. And you don't love nobody. All that stuff will be happening. You have fear. You have, your pathway is rough. You can't see clearly. If you have any resentment at all in your heart, that, that's the greatest sin right there. Is to... As a matter of fact, when you have that type of resentment in your heart, heart, you grieve the Holy Spirit. So you don't even have a teacher working within you. Isn't that something? Now you've got to look outside to learn. You've got to study the scriptures. You've got to go to school. You've got to do all this to try to learn because the Holy Spirit can't even teach you because you're grieving it by hating, by having a tad bit of anger in your heart. You must be born again. You must be born again. Did I see your hand? Just uh, regarding being born again, people have been taught that it means people are afraid of hell 
at the end of their life? Yes. And so it seems like an insurance policy against hell to uh, accept Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Right. And But it, it's meant to be something instead of now, it's meant to be something to keep you from the hellfire. The, <laughs> you know, and that, I think that's one of the great... And that is so dumb. That's another, uh, the devil's played a trick. I accept the Lord Jesus right now so that when I die, I don't go to hell. How about the hell you're already living? Why do you want to spend a lifetime in hell while you're living? When you have a way out. There's a way out now. And it's simple. The easiest thing in the world is to be born again. It is simple. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yes, sir. Um, when you have a little bit of resentment or anger at someone and you're conversing with them, is it good to um, confess that to that person and apologize if it's just there, sort of simmering? Not necessarily. Because some people use that against you. It's best to just be still and watch it. Now, if you're rude to the person and you know you need to apologize for being rude, you know, I apologize for being rude, I'm sorry. But you don't need to tell them what's personally going on within you. It's between you and God. And if you don't just totally overreact to it and be quiet and take it, but yet move on with life, he'll, he'll work it out for you because it's a spiritual thing and only God can solve it. But if you go around telling people all this stuff, they're going to take advantage of you because you have evil working through people and you have good. And there are only a few people who are on the side of good and would see your weakness and not take advantage of you. Believe me. That people are like just riding around every day seeing who they can devour. And they're looking for your weakness. And believe me, an evil person know another weak person when they see it. Just like a, a righteous person know a weak person when they see him or her, but they will not take advantage of you because they don't need to. They have perfect peace. So I wouldn't run around telling people that. It serves no purpose, not for the good. That makes sense? Yeah. Do you feel you need to tell them that? Well, sometimes with my family, I, I feel like I'm a hypocrite if I don't um, uh, sort of voice that if, it's, if I'm feeling it. Like, I feel like they're, they know I'm angry, and um, maybe I pressured them or something. And in that case, I think if it's fact rude or I, if I push it too far and it's obvious, like, like you said, I could apologize for that, I think. Right. When but, you say but, push yeah. it too far, what do you mean? I'm oh, just, just pressuring someone to do something that I want or, you know, um, just, yeah, just basically that. Um, oh, you're like, I'm sorry for pressuring you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Or, or maybe um, giving them information when they're not asking for it. Yeah, don't force it. Yeah. This one thing is interesting about God. He will let all these curses come upon you if you turn away from him. It's like this guy won't even force you to love him or do anything. He and Jesus just sit up there and drink cafe mocha <laughs> along with Fabian over at Coffee Bean. And, and they don't force you to do anything. Isn't that amazing? And people say, well, God sounds like a cruel God. I hear that the sinners, people who don't know anything about God, well, if this is God, he's a mean God, and why would I want a God like that? Don't you hear that sometimes? God is not like that. God is love. I'm like, go sit down. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. God will let you end up on skid row. Have you noticed that? That's what you And he doesn't say, you know what, I'm sorry for letting you end up on skid row. I should have done something. He'll let you go down. And that's the same thing we have to do with our children. We apologize. We set a good example. And if they don't want to catch on, let them go down. And that's the hardest thing in the world for most parents to do. They'll let their kids take them down before they turn their children loose and let them go suffer. You gotta let them go. You're not God. You can't make them change. As a matter of fact, you're, it's like you're holding them in a holding pen a little longer because they're gonna end up doing what they're gonna do anyway. And now you're broke and out to lunch. It's time to wake up. It's time to be born again. Yes? But that is part of the teaching though, that if you go off the track, the amount of pain and, 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 and uh, disease and these things that are hitting you, that, that's, to me that's part of the teaching to bring you back in. Let, let them suffer and then maybe then you'll cry out to God and he will come and save you. And it's just that simple. 
But when you prevent people from suffering, you're just holding off a little longer so that they can destroy you. If they didn't have the curses like that, the warnings, you could just go off the rails without even knowing it. That's right. You wouldn't have any kind of outward signs. That's right. You got to wake up. It's time to wake up. The devil is winning. He's winning the hearts and souls and minds of the people in this country. And this is America. We are not supposed to live this way. We are a Judeo-Christian nation. We became great because we believed, we believed in these values. I remember growing up, and, and I've said it over and over again, the laws were against black folks. The signs was out there, blacks only, colors only, or whatever. But the values were there. You know, black people respected one another. There's no way you would go and cuss an elderly person out. It was hard to not to say yes sir, yes ma'am to them. Your mother slapped you upside your head. Boy, I told you to say yes, ma'am. All right, mama. But nowadays, you can curse them out and go your way. Black, black, black Americans are afraid of their own children in their own neighborhoods. This is because of Deuteronomy 28. All these curses here come upon you. Have you guys looked at your own personal life? We talked about this last week. Did you look at your own life and see that this is happening? Anybody think about that this week? You guys are afraid. You thought about it? Yeah. What did you come up with? Um, I can see how like my son is stubborn in certain ways. Like you're talking about, I can see him. You know, certain things he wants to do his own way. Yeah. You know, he's seven years old. And I can, you know, there's something in me that like, wants to stop him from doing it. But I also realize that there's certain things he just has to kind of do on his own and learn from, as long as it's not hurting him. But right. as a parent, you know, it's kind of like an unnatural thing to kind of pull your will on your kids yes. and just stop them from doing it. But I realized that, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the curse, I think that's a curse. You know, if your son is not listening to you <laughs> and then he wants to do things his own way, um, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's really a good example of a curse because kids, when they're growing up, they're discovering life. Right. They're, they're, you know, they're living, they're learning, they're watching, they're trying little things. And if you could just kind of watch over them so they don't really hurt themselves right. so that they can learn kind of the hard way, right. then that's the best way to do it. My little granddaughters were riding on a little scooter the other day in the backyard, and they were like going down this ramp really fast. <laughs> and I said, you know, be careful on the ramp. But they kept going down the ramp, and then they fell, and she scratched her knee. And the first thing she did was look at me to see what I going to react. I just act like I didn't even see it. And then she got up and brushed it off and went her way. And now I notice when she goes out of the ramp, she's more careful with it now. So that's okay. But even in that, the devil's children, they are passing laws so that even if your kid hurt their knee, they'll put you in jail. They don't even want any self-discovery at all. They don't want any God at all shining through people. They'll pass a law to shut down God, period. The children of God. And, and the children of God is winning. And the reason that the children of God is winning, I mean the children of the devil, I'm sorry. The children of the devil pass a law that would put you in jail if anything, if your little kid stretched their knee or something, you know? Because they don't want God to show. They don't want the light to come through so the world can be saved. And the reason that they're able to do it because the children of the devil are sitting up in church playing, playing like they're children of God. They're not really children of God, they're pretending. And then they have the preachers there to help them pretend that they're children of God while the world just fall apart. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have it in us, and it is supposed to be winning. And it will win if you live it, if you're born again. That makes sense? Anybody disagree with this thus far? No? Does this make you nervous? No? It's definitely food for thought, huh? Yes. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you live right, things will change. And I'll give you a nice little story in a minute. Yes, ma'am. I guess for me, when we're born again, we are born again, but throughout our day, things happen and we're challenged and we're going to fall. And then we are to repent, ask God to forgive us and move on. So I'm a little confused by the plague and all of that because <laughs> I'm in Christ. Um, you can't take that away. Just because I fail, I failed to do something, or I fell short, 
but I know I fell short, so I'm working on it, or I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness. So I'm, I'm a little confused right. on that. Well, children of God don't fall. Well, if I get angry at someone and I realize that something still needs to be worked out, of, uh, it still needs to be healed or de dealt with or right. whatever. Yes. Um, for instance, I'll say my father, for instance, who left when I was a little girl who's back, who's dealing with cancer, when he goes off on me now, I tend to, I forgive him and I'm there for him, but I tend to get a little upset with him when he treats me that way. And why? Because I don't, why? Because, because it's abuse to me. It's abuse. You've abused me all my life. Now you want to abuse me again. So that's how I look at it. Oh, okay. So am I going to let you abuse me some more? No, I'm not. I'm going to take a stance. It says be angry and sin not. Right. So if I'm not going to sin, I'm still going to help him and do what I need to do. doesn't mean it doesn't hurt me. doesn't mean I don't cry. doesn't mean any of that. So how am, I, how am I missing the mark that day? Good question. Million dollar question. You're on your way to salvation, but you've not arrived. Okay, so I'm not saved. No. Okay. And, and the reason I say that without a doubt, not to put you down, but to make you think, when you're born again of God, you have a new nature. You don't have any resentment at all in your heart toward your father or anyone else. And so, and, and God put an invisible spiritual bubble around you so that your father, your earthly father or your mother or anyone else can never get to you. And the only way that your father can still affect you inwardly is because you still resent him. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have gone down and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior because you believed the story about him, but that did not cause you to be born again because God is a perfect love and, and our enemy is of anger and, and resentment, hatred, which is all the same, which is of the devil. And so until you truly forgive your earthly father, uh, God will forgive you and cause you to be born again. And I guarantee you, your father can never do anything to make you upset again. He can never get to you. So you have not been born again. Now, I'm sure you want to, and I'm sure you, you know, you're on your way to it, it sounds like, but you have not arrived. And what I would recommend is that you have an honest dialogue with your father, your earthly dad, and realize that he couldn't help himself and forgive him. It was wrong for him not to be there for you. Is he able to communicate with you? Yeah, he's able to communicate, but if he's not in his right mind, that's not going to help. That's what I'm asking. Is he, he, does he have something wrong with him mentally? No. So he you could sit... Not to, he just chooses not to acknowledge. He just chooses not to acknowledge. Here's what I would do if you can. I would sit down with him and ask him, why did he leave? He, you know, he said he didn't leave. Well, listen to him. Listen, hear him out. Because there are always two sides to every story. And not all the time, but most of the time, mothers lie about fathers. They'll say, oh, your dad was so mean. He abused me. He left you. He didn't love you. He didn't send a check. But they never say, you know what? I ran your father off. I, I was impatient with your dad. I turned you against your father. They never admit that. So you grow up feeling like your father was all bad. Now, yes, you're weak for giving into that and leaving, but you need to hear both sides of the story so that your heart can change toward him because unless that happens, you're never going to know God. You cannot be born of your spiritual father until you learn to love your earthly father because how can you love a God you've never seen and hate your father? Mm -hmm. And your reaction to him is not just regular anger. It is an anger resentment, which is of your father, the devil. That makes sense? It makes sense, but, you know, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. No, 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 it's okay not to, yeah. if you, and, and what aspect of that you don't agree with? Um, my mother never talked bad about my father, and my father chooses, it says be angry and sin not. But what does that mean to you? It to means be? it's okay to be angry as long as you don't retaliate and be mean and hurtful. I may, it may not last forever. I may be upset with him for a day or whatever until I can, until God deals with me with it, and I deal with myself with it, but... You know, I, I, I'm, he, there's two sides to every story, but we make excuses for people who do things like that. My dad chose not to be who he, he chose to be a sinner. That's what he chose to be, and that's what sinners do. He did not choose to be a sinner. Well, that's what he's doing. Did you choose to be a sinner? I choose to be a sinner if I continue to walk. No, I said, did you choose Christ? to be one? You were a sinner before you were quote-unquote saved, right? He chooses not to change, let's just say that. He chooses not to be born again. He chooses. But well, how do you know he chose that? 
because of his walk, because of the things that he does. But how do you know he chose that? How do you know he decided when that? You know, in the church. He, how do you? Know, but you don't know. See, you haven't sat to have a have a real love talk him. with him to I see have. where he's coming from. Let me go back to the sin thing. You said be angry not sin. Your sin is that you feel something inside when you're angry at your father, and that is resentment. That's judgment. That's playing God, and that's the sin that you're committing. So you're not being angry without sinning. You're being angry and sinning. But if you didn't have that resentment for him, you would be able to disagree with him and, and, and deal with him, but not feel anything inwardly about it. You wouldn't feel any anger on the inside. And that's the sin. Do you stay around for abuse? you think a woman should stay with a man who's beating her and abusing her? Is so it, should I stay with my father when he's going to verbally abuse me and that's okay? Are you, are you helping him out by choice or force? Well, he's sick, so I'm helping because he's my father, and to me that's the right thing to do if that's what God would have me to do. Do you want to do it? Sometimes and sometimes I don't. <laughs> God would not have you do it if you don't want to do it. Okay. And you're not obligated to do that. Okay. Uh, if your father had been a good man and you had that love for him, it would be something natural that you would want to do. But because it sounded like he wasn't a good man and you had this resentment for him, you, you may be doing it out of guilt. And even if you're helping him out, isn't that right? Oh, well, no, he, was, he was a father. I loved him. He left. So when he, when he left, that's when I thought he was a good father right. until he left. But then if you're helping him out of guilt, then that's not love anyway. Well, I would help, you know, the Bible tells us to help anyone who's in need. But not out of guilt. No, not out of guilt. He's a human being. I don't. I wouldn't, I, like, I don't want to see him suffer. I don't want to see him in pain. I love him. So do you love him more than God love him? No, God loves him more. Well, God will let him end up on Skid Row in an old home and die if he doesn't repent. Right. Well, he, he doesn't feel any guilt about it. And if you're a daughter of God, why do you feel guilty? That's a good question. Yeah, because that resentment is there. You haven't forgiven him. And so you, your anger is sin. Okay. It's not, it's not uh, an anger of love. It's an anger of hatred. Okay, I can agree with that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not born again. I but, can agree with that. I can agree with that sin. I can right. agree with that. And that's something I need to, to, to go to God about. But that doesn't mean I'm not saved. Um, is the nature of God of anger and, and resentment? No, Is that not. his nature? No. And you've been born again, right? It's the fruit of the Spirit tells us what... what right. right. And you've been born again, yes, right? I'm born Meaning that you have his nature. I do have his nature. So then why do you still have the nature of the devil? Because I'm human and you still, there's this, the battle does go on. And so you can have two natures inside of you? No, I can't have two natures. But you got two. According to you, I'm, you have I'm, two. I'm not just spiritual. I'm a human being. I have tears. I have anger. I have joy. I have, I have all those things. I'm a human being, not a person. But I, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's what God made me, created me to be. Then I understand what you're saying. But God doesn't want you to have anger. No, of course he doesn't. He doesn't want me because it's not good for me. It, it, right, it, but it, when it, you are born again, you will have perfect peace. And you right. will always have joy and never the sad stuff that you're talking about. Okay, so when I lose my mother or my children, I'm not going to have any sadness. Yeah, there's I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to be a little angry that I lost my child. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I understand that. I totally understand. And you're such a nice lady. <laughs> I really I'm, want you. Um, I'm just trying to understand. There, yeah, no, I love it. You, there is a time for mourning and a time for all that other stuff, but it doesn't affect your spirit. If you lose your mother... I'm still going to love God. But you don't love God right now. I don't. You want to. Okay. Because how can you love God and hate your father? I don't hate my father. You resent your father? I'm hurt. I don't hate him. Right, but that's coming from resentment. Okay. Is resentment a little better than hate? <laughs> 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 just try to work through it that's all no 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 and, and, I, and I know you want to too and I'm trying to just show you okay is resentment different than hatred no but so you have a little resentment but no hatred I hate what he did right. I love him I hate what he did but I love him Right. But who, what gives you to... Now, I understand why you did it as a child. Mm -hmm. Your father walk away and leave you open. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, what gives you the right to hate what he did? Who are you to judge? Well, because the sins upon the children and the curse and all that goes on, and I had some effects from that. That's, That's right. Why. So That's why don't why. you forgive him now so that 
that hatred will not be there oh, even for what he did. did. I thought I, I'm, I'm trying. I guess I don't know how. There you go. I'm, I'm pulling you in. <laughs> wow, I'm loving this. I'm totally loving it. And, and this, is, this is what I live for. I don't know how. Have you ever done anything and you said to yourself, wow, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I'm yeah. never going to do that again. Yeah. And then for a while you don't do it again. Yeah. And then you find yourself doing it again. Right. And then you think, how in the world did I do this again? I can't believe it. You have done that? Yeah, a wretched man that I am in Romans. But you have done it? Yes. And have you ever wondered why you keep doing it? Uh, because I allowed myself to, to, to do it. I was drawn away and I allowed it in. Was it like Sin. something else was driving you to do it? The no. thing that you didn't want to do? I don't know. Yeah. You need to start paying attention to yourself. Something else is making you do the things you don't want to do. Because you know that this is hurting you or hurting somebody else. Mm -hmm. And God forbid if you should have children, you're going to destroy their lives by being impatient, being mean. And you don't want to be that way to them. You think, these are my kids. Why am I doing this? I'm a Christian. I'm walking in the Lord. But yet I'm impatient with my children. I'm never going to do that again. I'm sorry, kids. And then you end up doing it again, right? It's like something else is making you do it. Okay. And it's not of God. Right. And so, it's not of you. So it's of the devil. It's sin that's made a home in you. Okay. And your father had that same thing inside of him. Uh -huh. And when he walked out on you, he couldn't help himself. He loved you. He wanted to be there, but he couldn't help himself. And so if you can understand yourself and that this thing is driving you to do what you do to your family members, I don't know if you have kids, it will help you to understand your father and that's what would cause you to forgive him because you realize, well, if I, if I can't help myself, my father probably couldn't help himself. How could I judge him? Yes, it was wrong, but I'm wrong too. So I wouldn't want my kids to hate me for doing things I really just don't want to do. Why would I hate my father? Mm -hmm. That's what would cause you to forgive him by understanding yourself. God said, know thyself. Remember Paul said, the things I want to do, I can't. And, then, and this thing is driving you. You need to be born again. A spirit has made a home inside of you. Okay. And until you for, forgive your father, unless you forgive your father, you're never going to overcome it. Okay. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Does it help as to how to forgive? It does. In, in what way? What, what do you realize from that? That when I put it back on me, I'm not perfect either, and, I've, and I have sinned, and so therefore, I don't, want, I don't want God to hold what I've done against me, and I don't want my kids to hold what I've done That's right. against them. Because against you, if you could have done better, you would have done better, right. differently, right? Right. Well, your father feels the same way. <coughs> you have to talk to him. I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> When my kids come to me and they talk to me, I, I talk to them and I and I and I acknowledge that I've hurt them and I've done things. I mean, my if you talk to any of my family members, my dad, you cannot get nothing through to him. He just thinks he he doesn't care what he did. Well, here's the beauty: God is so good. He has a set up that when you forgive your father, God will forgive you. Right. Your father don't have to admit that he's wrong. Mm -hmm. You just need to forgive him. And then God will forgive you and set you free. He will take that spirit away from you and give you perfect peace. And then you can live your life and deal with your father accordingly. So your father can stay as he is. He can act crazy, whatever he's doing. Mm -hmm. But you forgive him. Okay. You let it go, and then God will forgive you. He doesn't have to apologize. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to change. He doesn't have to say that he's sorry. He can make up excuses until the cows come home. But if you forgive your father, mm -hmm. God will forgive you. Do I still have to take the abuse? Well, in that, once you're born again, mm -hmm. you also see what to do. Okay. You don't have to plan it. Mm -hmm. You will also, because what's going to happen, one thing that's going to happen, I see your hand, boy, put your hand down. <laughs> you about to make me become her father. <laughs> no, I'm um, what's going to happen is, once you are truly born again, then you're going to have perfect love. And in that perfect love, you're going to deal with your father differently. You're going to see how to deal with him then. And that's why you got to come into this love so you can operate from within instead of from without. So you don't have to play and wonder, well, I'm not going to let him abuse me with some, you know, don't worry about that. You're going to have great compassion for your father 
that is overwhelming. And it has nothing to do with your nature of you, but it's the nature of God inside of you. I'm telling you, it's going to change your whole life. But you got to forgive him so God can forgive you. Okay. That makes sense? That makes sense. Do you disagree with any aspect of that? No, not really. I don't. Yeah. Well, that's how you find it. You got to re realize he couldn't help himself. Something happened to your father. If what you're saying is true, because he's not here to speak for himself, but something along the way happened to him that he has just held on to, and it just is locked away inside of him. He either cannot face it, or maybe doesn't realize or know how to face it, but something has happened to him. I, and I understand that. That part I understand, and I, and I know that he must be in pain, and yes. I understand that. And to me, I forgive that. It's not, it's when I keep being abused that it gets me. It's right. when I'm showing compassion and you're lashing out at me. But you've never shown any. Oh, your love has been false love. It's uh -huh. been guilt love. Uh -huh. But once you're born again, then you'll show true compassion. Okay. And it will be all about him and not about you anymore. Okay. It really will not be about you. It will be you giving him love uh -huh. and not even needing his love. Okay. Because your spiritual father has fulfilled you with love. Okay. So you won't need his love. And that way he can never offend you. Okay. Because you don't need anything from him. Right now you need his love because you resent him. And he doesn't have, it's all as though he doesn't have it to give. But once you're born again, you'll give it to him. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I want you to think about that. And I, uh, I'm sorry? I will. Yeah. Um, and also, take the first opportunity you get to have a sit-down talk with him. And this time, to just say, Dad, tell me about your life. What went on? You know, how are you doing? And let him say what he needs to say, act in any kind of way he wants to act, and just let him go through it. But you be patient with him, and he, he, may, he may overcome it because he may not have had anyone to show him perfect love. Everybody's been judging him. You know, they've been mad at him. They've been talking about him behind his back. So he has not had anyone to come and just be perfect love with him. Mm -hmm. Let him really get it off his chest. Even if he's wrong, let him get it off his chest. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Will you let me know how it goes? I will. Yeah. I will. I'm, I'm glad you challenged me on that. That's what we are here for. All right. Did you have your hand? Yes. Well, what percentage do you think Christians are truly not born again who think they're Christians? <laughs> that is a good question. Another home run question. Home I'm telling you. <laughs> the way things look, now I don't know, I haven't done a survey of all Christians. Mm -hmm. right? But the way things look, I would say 10% are Christians, maybe in the entire world. 10% may be a true, true, born-again, new-nature Christian. Because if there were more real born-again Christians out there, we wouldn't have what we have going on in our families, in our communities, our churches, our country, in the manner that it is. These things, these curses are overtaking us. And there are, there are supposed to be more Christians in our country than there are non-Christians, but I don't see the light shining like that. So very, very few. And, and God was clear about that. He said that only a few are going to find that straight and narrow path. So it is clearly happening right now. Because everybody has been taught and dumbed down. They don't, most people don't even know that the word is in their hearts. They don't know that they're supposed to live from within. They have heard it, but they don't know how to allow themselves to, to enter within. They don't know how to go within the kingdom of heaven to live from there because they've been so dumbed down with the word and educated and angry and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do I sound pretty normal when I say maybe 10% are true Christians? Yeah, sounds all right. Uh, judging on what is all that's going on. Yes. And that sounds pretty accurate to me. Yeah. When you look at what's going on and what's not occurring. That's right. Christians, then, um, because I'm a living witness. When you're truly born again, your life changes. You operate from a different source. You're not affected by your world around you. You develop character. You don't hate anybody. You speak up and deal with issues, but you don't hate. You cannot hate if you have perfect love. And then a lot of people are hating, but they're excusing their hatred. You know, like this young lady said, and I know why you said it because I've been there too. I'm not perfect. You know, I'm flesh. I'm this. Uh, you know. It's just, uh, they've been brainwashed to excuse lies. 
And God doesn't, he's not going to help us in that way. It's just not going to work. He's going to get up every morning and turn that TV on and look at us and just say, wow. Look, look, Jesus, look at John over there. Look at Jesse. Look at, those people are crazy. You know, you went down there, you, you sacrificed yourself. Look at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just angry. You cannot have anger and be of God. They're two different natures. That's why we must be born. So I say about 10%. Now, I haven't done a survey, but the way things look, very few. Very, very few. But hopefully it'll start to change. Yes, sir. Okay, I just want to say, as I stated before, my greatest desire, my greatest wish, is to see myself for the type of uh, wicked sinner I truly am. And I have a feeling that God may have given, uh, granted my wish by letting let me allow the, me to see and see and to pass all the mis, uh, almost all the mistakes and sin, uh, sins I may, uh, made, and <clears throat> want me to see how I react to it. Well. All you need to do is hunger and thirst after what is right, mm -hmm. and you have it in you to do. So don't go into, I want to see all this stuff, and I want this. Keep it simple. And God keep it, he keeps it very, 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 very simple. He said hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's all he wants you to do, and he'll do the rest. Just be still. Be quiet when you pray. You don't have to go into your prayer closet and hoop and holler, oh Lord, bless my mama, bless my daddy, oh Lord, I want a house, oh Lord. You don't have to name and claim it. <laughs> go in there, sit quietly, and allow the truth to catch up with you. Just calm down. You don't have to boogie woogie down Broadway or down the aisle. Just, he wants us to be still and know the truth. So come out of your head about all this stuff and just be pray, be quiet. And, uh, and learn to speak up. When you notice resentment in your heart, let it pass. And he's working it out. But if you put anything into it yourself, if you try to change anything about yourself, you're going to fail. Because you're going to wipe him out. And you're trying to do it yourself. You're playing God. And there's not but one God. And we're not him. So I must, I must do that. must realize I cannot do anything. Even, even to change, change what, uh, myself as a... As a sinner I am. Yes, sir. As soon as you can realize of yourself you can absolutely do nothing, when you can realize that, not in your head, but when you can see, wow, I can't change my life. Why am I mad at, why am I mad at myself about? Why am I mad at others? They can't do anything about it. In that moment, you shall be saved. Because you're giving up. You're, 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 you're totally giving up and you're allowing him to take over. But as long as you think you can save yourself, as long as you put forth any effort to save yourself, you're going to die a sinner. Seems like uh, through our life we're, te uh, we're tempted to do, do things like this. That's the job of Satan, to tempt you. To make you think that you're God. And you're not. Yes. Nothing. Of myself, and it's in the Bible, of myself I can do nothing. Of myself I know nothing. When you think you're smart, you're a dummy. When you can be dumb, then you're smart. Now don't go around and make yourself dumb. Like da 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 kind of stuff. <laughs> when you realize you can't see. When you realize you're not in control of your own life. That's when you, I'm telling you, the more you let go, just, it, it's, it's a waste of time to look for God anywhere outside of you. Don't even look outside. You're not going to find him out there. He's inside. He's up there, but he's inside. He's inside. Even the Bible points them back to us on the inside. The kingdom of heaven is within. Go within. All right? So you got you to gotta forgive them. You got to let that anger go. You're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven with resentment in your heart. You have to clean you up first. You got to repent first and then enter in. And repentance is of your ego. You got to stop playing God. When you judge yourself and others, you're playing God. When you're mad at your fellow man, you're playing God. When you think that you can change yourself, you're playing God. You gotta cut it out because you're not God. All right, did this help a little bit? Yes, sir. And I just wanna to say to the audience out there, um, you gotta learn to, you gotta forgive. That's the only way you're gonna enter in. But first you gotta admit that you're wrong without excuses. If you come up with one excuse, you're not gonna change. Just totally see that you're wrong, accept it. But don't hate yourself. If you feel hate, just let it be there. But you gotta admit that you're wrong. Then you sit quietly when you pray. Just calm down. 
You don't have to have words or anything. Just calm down. And if he wants you to say something, he'll give you the words. Uh, and, and once that happens, you shall be born again. All right? Get a copy of my Be Still and Know prayer CD. It'll show you how to just calm down and allow God to take over. Simple little prayer. Visit my website. We provide counseling and all that good stuff for you. Thank you for your support. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND.